0: Use x laxative tablets, if you get getting nowhere when you go to the loo.
1: Ah, uh, now I can shit in your ears with Tranny Rec 27.
2: Podcasting from Portland, Oregon. This is Tranny Rack.
1: Today's show features phone sex, with a trans activist and blogger and radio personality, Rebecca Juro. Actually, it's just a good old fucking interview. How the fuck is everybody? My name is Rebecca Nay and you are listening to Trinity Rec Radio. Today is Sunday, May 21st, 2006, or at least that is the time of this recording. Whether you are listening from my website at Trinityrec.com or streaming on MySpace or streaming on TransFM or podcasting, or if you are listening to this very special episode on Adam Curry's pod show on Sirius Stars 102. Yes, I am filling in for Yeast Radio, but I'm not replacing her. The whore is unreplaceable. Either way, thank you for listening. I love you all. Typically on Training Rec Radio, I start the show off by playing a song of a lighter mood, uh, this is for a benefit for those who constantly have a board shoved up their ass. The name of this song is Food. This is by one of my favorite artists on the Podsafe Music Network. Her name is Deidre Flint. Let's go ahead and get this show and this song rolling. I come home, you're sitting in
0: the dark, you've done nothing all day, but Now you're spread out on the table Ooh, what a thrill I'm gonna go at you Till I've had my fill Love inspires love not a band one or two Here's one for ya, baby And it's long overdue. It's a tragic ticking time, you know one's gonna go nuts A hostage situation, binging at a Dunkin' Donuts But it's okay, it's just a phase. they'll be back for sure Cause I myself, have tried to leave you so many times before I've tried Doolamil, Nutrism, Cabot Soup, Fem High Carb, No Carb, Ball Carb, Low Carb, Atkins Diet Yeah, I've tried it, cat's Smith, Nord, Track, Typo, x like Hypnose, Ritalin, Herbalife, X-Term, Weight Watch, Scent, Fast Purchase, Soft Scanner, one 800 9 die and if we're at a plane crash then might have to eat each other you'll look at my thighs and your heart will start to flutter they've been crafted for years by pancakes and butter Mm-mm-mm. i love you twinkie i love you pot pie strudel man you rock find you what can I say? Your food on a stick. You're dipped in chocolate or cheese. No human being on earth can give me that kind of pleasure. None.
1: That was Food by Dieter Flint, courtesy of the Podsafe Music Network. You can find that at music.podshow.com. There will also be a link in the show notes of my show, trannyrec.com. Uh, let me tell you all a little bit about, for those of you that are new listeners uh, to my podcast uh, or listening on Sirius, basically the whole intent of Tranny Rec Radio is to... Give an introduction or a a portal, I kind of like to see this show as a portal to the transgender community for everyone else. For those that don't know a lot about transgender issues, believe it or not, they do affect you because you have a gender. You have something going on in between your legs. You have a reproductive system, whether it's functional or not, who knows? But gender affects everything we do in our life and every faucet of our life. And uh, transgender issues, basically, the reason people need to understand these is because of all the hatred that exists in our society that is directed towards transgender people, or I use the term trans for short. The basic message that I want people to get from this show on a serious level is that uh, gender is more determined by what's going on in between your ears than what's going on between your legs. Uh, The brain is the most powerful sexual organ we've got, and it is also really what determines our sense of gender identity. I call this show an audio blog because I do talk about my life from time to time, although the the biggest reason I do call it an audio blog is because it basically gives me the freedom to do whatever the fuck I want, whether I want to talk about transgender issues or whether I want to do comedy. Comedy is a big part of this show because I love making people laugh, and I think that uh, humor... Is the biggest and the best medicine that exists, Um, and I also like to do a lot of biographical interviews, uh, which kind of is consistent with the whole audio blog theme of uh, sharing a person's life story. And uh, I I like uh, autobiographical interviews because they're very educational. Uh, Another person's we can all learn from each other, and another person's experiences help us uh, put more perspective on our own. So uh, with that in mind, uh, the biographical interview I have for this show, uh, the na- her name is Rebecca Juro. She is a political activist for transgender and basically GLBT rights. Um, and she blogs. Uh, she has a Lifespace space blog, and I'll put that in the show notes. Uh, She also does a internet radio show called the Rebecca Juro Show. So without further ado, let's get into the interview with uh, this whore named Rebecca Juro. Rebecca Juro. Yes, I am here. Thank you for joining me on Tranny Rec Radio. It is a real pressure. (laughs)
2: <laughs> Thanks. I think.
1: Wow. I guess we'll. I guess we'll uh, determine that later on. Um, Rebecca, uh, let's go ahead and uh, get this bullshit started. I wanted to ask you. Uh uh, if you're a horror not oh wait that was my last um, that was the question i was going to ask for the end okay uh well, oh Rebecca well. how old were you when you first <laughs> realized uh that you were different and would you mind going into detail on that mm. juicy details please
2: uh, oh yeah juicy details well actually i'll tell sexual you sexual
1: details um,
2: oh. well <laughs> uh, well early I, I i can't really go into sexual details oh. because when i discovered it. it was really early and it would be kind of um, Really kind of nasty to go into, uh, because I discovered it really around age five, and so, you know, it was kind of the, I I, I couldn't put a label on it, and I couldn't, you know, go to somebody and say, here's the problem, but I just knew, you know, it was one of those kind of things.
1: Was it just one of those things to where you stood out from uh, other people?
2: yeah a little bit. Um I was also different i was I was a special ed child, so I was kind of mm-hmm. different in that way as well. and you know it yeah i was just I was different in a lot of different ways. It wasn't just what was going on inside. it was also a lot of other things. so
1: it just wasn't gender
2: when did yeah, you when did yeah. when
1: did you start realizing that uh, you know your gender was out of place?
2: Well, I, I realized that it was, I, I knew there was something up fairly early on. I mm-hmm. mean, like I said, about the age of five, maybe six or seven. And I also learned that it was wrong, you know, to want that. So I very quickly learned to hide it and, you know, did a very good job of it for the first 35 years of my life.
1: As far as conforming to what society wanted in this uh, yeah. binary yeah, exactly. gendered system. Yep. Uh, wh- where did you grow up?
2: Well, I was born in Brooklyn, but my parents, uh, moved out here to Jersey, to New Jersey, and when, you know, back in the mid-60s when all the people from New York came out here and, uh, the area got built up. So, uh, I've been here, I've been a Jersey girl for, god, almost 40 years now.
1: Okay. Wow. So just yeah. it's it's in your blood definitely.
2: Uh yeah. It's scary you, but true.
1: Was your family did you, did you grow up in a religious environment? Was, no, not was religion a, an issue for you. Not
2: really, no. I mean, my parents we I my parents and my family is Jewish and we did have a shul, we did have a membership. They say the family the you know, we got sent to Hebrew school my brothers and I. Uh, but you know the standard, usual stuff, but nothing over the top or anything. You know, I mean the holidays, and you know, and yeah. as we got older, it wasn't that big a deal.
1: So, w- w- t- and uh, take me through the the th- the thought processes of you know once you became old enough to realize that. Uh, uh, when did you first uh, put a label to yourself of being transgender?
2: Well, actually, it took me a long time to do that because, uh-huh. basically, I knew kind of what I wanted, but I dismissed it out of hand for a very many, many years because I said, well, that's just impossible. It, uh-huh. It's just ridiculous. It can't possibly happen. It's not. I could never do that. Uh-huh. So I never bothered to I- even explore it uh-huh. until I reached a point when I was about 35 and I basically did a, a suicide attempt that... You know, basically taught me that I had to deal with something, and it was at that point that I really Began to understand what what it was and and you know see a shrink and put a label on it and do all the things that come once you've put the label on it if you know what I mean. Hey,
1: because you now you identified now as a as lesbian, correct?
2: Yes, so, that's so that, correct.
1: So you never had any issues of sexual orientation uh, growing up. Then were, were you ever confused that uh, between the issues uh, surrounding gender identity and were you? Th- did you ever attach, like, a gay label to it, or did you know no. that, that wasn't it because you were attracted to women?
2: No, it, that wasn't it, because I, I knew right away, okay, I knew what was expected of me, mm-hmm. and I also knew what would, well, frankly, get me sex, you know, and... and I used that because you know as as a as a boy I wasn't a bad looking boy and and within a certain uh circle of friends um I was very attractive to the girls, so i yeah sure, I mean, like any teenager, I wanted that and I wanted that closeness um the mechanics that were going on internally inside my head were probably a little different than in most quote teenage boys, but Nevertheless, you know, I used that. I I played the part because it got me things that I wanted. It got you, you know? laid. It got me laid. Yeah, yes, that's exactly yes. right. It got me laid. It got me laid a lot when I was a teenager.
1: And, and I know uh, the I know the real reason why you made this the switch, Becky. You can't fool me because what? lesbian sex is better. I I already know it. See, I, I'll I got let all you shit, I'll let you
2: know once I have some thank you
1: <laughs> honey I'm I'll in let the you know same boat as you uh, you're very no uh, you're the host of the Becky Juro show uh, when yeah. did that, when did that get started how, well me about, I- tell me about how you got involved with uh, radio in general.
2: Okay, well, then I have to go back even further before we go to the Becky Juro show because that's a okay. uh, uh, way back. Yeah, back when. Tough. Okay, well, there used to be this radio station. It was a, a GLBT radio station called GayBC. And it was a great sh- uh, station. Um, you know, a lot of stuff wasn't very particularly trans inclusive, but they became more trans inclusive as time went on. And um, GayBC had a chat room where a lot of us. Uh, met, and we interacted, and um I was one of the people in that group, and another person in that group is somebody that your listeners are probably familiar with, uh, somebody named Marty Abernathy.
1: That fucking at, whore. That
2: yeah, fucking whore, yep, that's her, and um well, Marty and I became friends, and we started talking and saying, you know, doesn't it suck that, like, the only thing that's on the air these days for us is gender talk, and doesn't it suck that, like... Um, Gender pack just uh, had a mission shift and and they had changed their their mission away from trans rights to gender rights and everybody was pissed off and Gender Talk wasn't ready to tackle it on the air. we said, well, you know, shouldn't there be some place where we can tackle that on the air? And Marty said to me one day in the GBC chat room, well, is there any reason why we really couldn't do a show ourselves? Mm -hmm. And, well, I didn't have a good answer for her. So, what wound up happening was basically Marty became our engineer, and she started to put this thing together. We had some friends who had were doing this kind of radio who helped us out a lot um, and she was putting together the technical end and I basically put together the show, um which we eventually called transistor radio and which- which, oh, is a,
1: which is a, a very cute name i, I I've, yeah. I've always liked that
2: well I will admit I will confess here on your show for the first time and this Uh-oh. is true this
1: is groundbreaking, I will, I will everybody it,
2: confession confession I stole Go that ahead, title. My sister. I stole it I stole it from a book you have been a I dog. stole it from a book it's the title of a book I stole it from a book I okay I admit my theft
1: never but, mind you're going to hell
2: well, oh, well, you know, I'll see you as that's long as I have a condo in the Lake of Fire. I'm cool.
1: Hell, that's where the party is.
2: Damn right. Anyway, um, so so Marty and I we we put this show together. We did all right. We did it for four months, and basically we ran out of money.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Okay, the, and that was the end. well,
1: well, and and when was this? Uh, when this year, was two
2: thousand and two. Uh,
1: which this you was 2002.
2: Yeah, this was 2002. Have been cheap to
1: do an internet radio show in 2002. Uh,
2: no, it was. It was not. Okay, and I'll tell you, we did it with spit and bailing wire. I had a dial-up connection and a cheap little Radio Shack headset. Uh, Marty w- w- had a mixer she didn't know how to use, and I, I mean, it was. We were two idiots, and we had no idea what we were doing. Somehow, how we got this thing on the air, I don't know, but we somehow managed to pull it off, and we actually did pretty good considering. I think um but then after that uh, eventually like i say four months in we basically we just ran out of money and there was just no we couldn't pay for the streaming anymore and marty was basically funding the whole thing she just couldn't afford it anymore and so that came to an end and it was disappointing and that was the the end of the radio for me for about two years and then in 2004 um I was talking to Marty one day, once again Marty pops into the picture and she, she always says. Does. Yep, and she <laughs> says, Have you been checking out this show called Trans FM? You know who Ethan Saint Pierre is? And I said, Well, I know I've heard his name. I I know I kinda know who he is, but like, is he any good? And, and, and Mari's like, oh yeah, yeah, he does a good show, you gotta check him out. And I'm like, oh, okay. So I go and I check him out and I listen to the show and I like it. I think he's really good. Um, you know. So eventually, like, what I do very often is when I have somebody who I like and I want to say, hey, how you doing? I write them an email. I just drop them an email and say, hey, how you doing? So I did that with Ethan. I dropped Ethan an email and Ethan wrote back and we started a, a conversation by email eventually, which led to a phone conversation. And, and a few months of phone conversations in, and all of a sudden, I'm co-hosting his radio show. Nice. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Yeah, um, which just kind of worked out that way. And I did about four months with Ethan, and I had a blast with him. He mm-hmm. was a lot of fun. We didn't agree on everything, and that was cool. Um, that that
1: that's what makes it. That's what makes it. Yeah. Fun. You know. Yeah. If, absolutely. If, if, if you have I say host- it all the time. Exactly.
2: I, I say it all the time on my show. It's I like disagree we all... with
1: what you're saying right now, goddammit. Fuck. <laughs> Anyways, um, uh-huh.
2: that's, just,
1: that's just me trying to be funny. I'm actually not, that's okay. going to try to. But hard. anyway. Uh, so, 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 so you you co-hosted uh, with uh, Ethan for four months. And, yes, I did. And then you said,
2: I want to do my own show? or Well, basically, yeah. I mean, I, I've done the co-hosting twice, and uh-huh. I said to myself, well, you know what? I, I want to. I have a certain idea of the kind of show that I want to do, and I've never had a chance to do it because I've always been working with someone else. And it's hmm. you—you know—last time it was when it was with Ethan. I was stepping into the co-host slot on his yes. show, and it was his show, and that's that's cool because it is—it's yeah. his show. I wanted my show. Yeah, I wanted to do my show my way, the way that I've always wanted to do a show. And so I said, you know what? That's what I'm going to do. And at around the same time. Um, I happen to be a, a fan. I listened to uh, many of the the shows on Sirius Out Cue, and there was a, a message board um, where I became friendly with one of the other moderators. I was a moderator there, and, and this other person uh, was a moderator who I became friendly with, um, and we started talking about radio, and um, you know, we mutually liked uh, the Sirius Out folks. And eventually, we started talking, and I found out that this, this person I was talking to was actually quite a radio pro and had some on-air experience and engineering experience. And I said to this guy, I said, you know... This how'd you is this like a, a
1: radio... John McMullen?
2: No, this about... is not John McMullen, oh, okay. absolutely not. I'm this jumping is, this, ahead, I'm sorry. This, no, John Mac, John McMullen actually is the guy from GBC. Oh, okay. Um, he is the guy who founded GBC. Um, okay. he's also... Uh one of the um he's the station manager at Sirius out now oh okay um, John's a very good friend and has helped definitely been a a benefactor to our um, radio efforts. Um, Definitely, most, okay. No, oh, absolutely. I mean, John is really terrific and very community minded. And you know, we're we're, we're lucky we have somebody like him because not all people in media are are as, as you know nice as and benevolent as John. John is okay. is a good guy. And and, the, and all okay, the folks now serious now Q are good. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> okay. Enough of that. Anyway, <laughs> let's move on. Okay. So anyway, so, well, you guy said and, you know uh, you. Out, uh, anyway, all right. So so. So I decided I wanted to do my own show, and I hooked up with this guy. It turned out to be Mike Scott, who is um, just a blessing. I mean, for me, he takes care of all the technical stuff. Uh-huh. He He's he's a terrific producer. Uh, he's terrific on the air. I happen to know several trans women have reported to me that they absolutely love his voice. And for that matter, several voice. several straight women. Mm-hmm. And heterosexual natal women have also reported that they love his voice. They're so disappointed when they hear that he's gay.
1: Uh, I, I'd, I'd still find a way to get in his pants. But, you know, I'm a whore.
2: No, I'm just kidding. Well, anyway. Right, I think so, you'd so be trying. trying. <laughs> I, 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 Mike is, I will tell you this. I've worked with this man for about seven months now. Mike is most assuredly gay. I can assure you of
1: that. Ah. You've been working that, haven't you?
2: Uh, No, honey. We are a team. We we are a team. There's, there's no no fraternizing of that nature.
1: Okay. So, so you, so you met Mike, and you guys decided to do a show together. Yep. Or or were you already doing the Becky Juro show at this N- time?
2: No, I had done a couple of demos that I had mm-hmm. recorded, mm-hmm. and basically that's all I had done. I had just recorded a couple of demos just to like give myself a workout, mm-hmm. kind of get a feel for what I would talk about, how I would sound on the air, that sort of thing. That's all I had done at that point. It was when Mike came into the picture and he said, you know, we can really make this sound professional, we can do... Uh, Intros, outros, drops, you know, all the stuff that really makes it sound good. Mm And to be honest with you, the technological end of it is really not my uh, forte, you know. I'm much better behind the microphone working on the content. That's what I do. I'm a writer. I'm a talk show. You know, I'm a a, a big mouth. That's what I do. That's what I'm good at. Uh I'm not so good with the technical end. And and Uh so having Mike around and to be able to handle that stuff for me, is just absolutely a blessing. You and he bitch. does.
1: I'm jealous.
2: It, oh, he's just <laughs> uh, I love it. I love it. I mean, this is, it's like I feel like a real radio host and and stuff. <laughs> so, so
1: now your show is, you know, I I've listened to the the podcasts and I was able to catch one of your shows, not live. I found it on the archive.org right. website. But mm-hmm. uh, your show is very political. Mm-hmm. Uh, what got you into the whole uh political end of it when did you when did you really get involved with uh, the, the the politics especially transgender rights
2: well you know actually it was funny because I actually became an activist kind of by accident mm-hmm. what happened was was this was before I'd even come out I was working I, I mean I was not great I mean I was I was still at the point where I really didn't care much about life mm-hmm and I was working at a Blockbuster as a crew member, you know, like Blockbuster video. And I had this manager um, who who decided that he had he, – we became friendly. Mm-hmm. And I made a mistake. I told him where my website was, and he found pictures of me as me. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Well, oh, I was, a, no. yeah, Before I was out of transition. a job two weeks later. So bad he, mistake. As
1: soon as yeah, soon, was, soon as as soon he found out about you, he fired you on the spot.
2: Not on the spot, but within two weeks. Yeah. Within he two fired, weeks. I was out. So I went and I, I filed suit. Uh-huh. And the problem was, was I was poor. I didn't have money to hire a lawyer. I had to go through the Division of Civil Rights. And they basically told me, oh, we don't think it's in the state's interest to pursue this. Well yeah, because you
1: weren't because you weren't a protected class.
2: Yeah, exactly. You know, which we are now, I should point out, in the state of New Jersey. But at the time, um that court ruling had not yet come down, so we were not we we just it, it just wasn't there. So Basically, that was kind of what, what slapped me in the side of the head and said, you better pay attention well, to yeah, this. Well, yeah, because it's like, you know,
1: yeah, you the, you realized you were getting fired solely because you were transgender, and yeah. that's, that's not right, you know. And right. You know, and, and it's interesting, you know, even today in 2006, 70% of People who identify as transgender in one way or another are either underemployed or unemployed, and you know that's due to basically the, the, the not the overt discrimination and the subtle discrimination, which is I think a lot of what I'm facing right now, you know, Absolutely. in my employment. So, uh, in your show, you've been talking a lot lately, or at least in the podcast you're doing, and I will go ahead and put a link to your podcast in my show notes. Oh, cool. Thank you. At Thank, uh, you. Com. Thank uh, you. Now, give me money, bitch. No, actually, I, <laughs> I'll do that for free because I'm a slut, not a whore. I want to be a whore, but... You know, sometimes you just got to do it oh, for free.
2: I wish I, I, I wish I had the opportunity to be a whore at this point. Oh, no
1: shit. <laughs> right. uh, you've been talking a lot about the uh, issues involving gay rights uh, yeah. versus transgender rights and how while there are certain members of the gay community that are totally supportive of transgender rights, uh, you know, there are a lot that probably could care less. Is that kind of your feeling, or do you think it's a, an an issue of ignorance mostly?
2: Well, you know, the truth of the matter is, I I used to be that it was very arguable that the issue was ignorance. Mm-hmm. You could say, well, they just don't get you, they don't understand you. I think within the community now, within our the GLBT community. I don't think ignorance is a valid argument anymore. I think we've come too far. This isn't 1990 anymore. Mm-hmm. We are in the movies. I mean, we are on your streets. We have run for public office. Mm-hmm. We are a lot further ahead. It's not It's not reasonable to say and these when, days. When,
1: when you say we, you say we as transgender
2: people. We as transgender people, we are, yes, absolutely, We have, we are... People make movies about us. We are on the news. We run for public office. There's no longer a valid argument that people does that most people don't know what a transgender person is. That used to be a valid argument. It's not anymore mm-hmm. I, I, as far as I'm concerned anyway
1: well and and you you I know Ethan has talked a lot about the uh, human rights campaign and their uh, reluctance, well, their flat-out refusal to support a hate crimes bill that's transgender inclusive, and uh, you've done some activism work on that issue,
2: correct? Oh, yeah. Right. Well, I wrote an article uh, back in 2004 called In Through the Outdoor that basically described what happened when we went down to D.C. and we discovered um, all the stuff that the Human Rights Campaign had been doing, which basically amounted to... Uh, You know, they weren't lobbying. They weren't giving any effort. As far as the the congressional and senate offices that the uh, people, activists and lobbyists visited, basically they were told, "Well, as far as we know, the human rights campaign doesn't support this, so you know, you got to get them on board."
1: And just to give a backdrop, I talked a little bit about this on. my show, but for the benefit of not, of the Tranny Rec listeners and the serious listeners, basically what has happened is the House of Representatives uh, passed a bill. Was it last year that was a hate crimes bill that? Oh,
2: was, okay, yes. This is that's a different issue. I was talking okay. about 2004, but yes, they passed the House passed a a, a, a hate crimes bill, um, which was included in a Child Safety Protection Act. Mm-hmm. Which a lot of people on the progressive side weren't too thrilled with, uh, mm-hmm. to be perfectly honest. Mm-hmm. Um, but it did pass, and it did pass with the transgender inclusive hate crimes language. Yeah,
1: it, did, it did include transgender
2: right. people. Right. Um, only bill. to have the entire thing stripped out by the Republicans uh, once it hit the Senate. Mm-hmm. But, you know, before we got to that point, of course, um, people like Ted Kennedy were refusing to even try and float the transgender language, claiming it would kill the bill. -hmm. Um, Clearly, as we saw, the transgender language had nothing to do with it, since they were just going to kill the bill anyway. Mm -hmm. I mean, you
1: know, it's just. but, But then the human rights campaign comes along and 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 wants to support a bill that is not inclusive of the trans of transgender people, so it will get passed. Is that correct?
2: Well, here's the thing. The problem is is that the, in 2004, the Human Rights Campaign pledged not to support any federal legislation that was not trans-inclusive. They voted on that. Uh-huh. That was what that whole big thing in 2004 was about when we went down and we protested in front of their headquarters. Um, and that was uh, the day of the vote, as a matter of fact. And they voted at that time uh, not to support any more federal legislation legislation that was that did not include protections for transgender people so technically speaking they could not support a non-inclusive hate crimes bill but not supporting is not you know it's not the same as you know looking the other way and just keeping your mouth shut and not doing anything as the democrats go ahead and pass a non-inclusive hate crimes bill um you know and I mean Democrats pass, since we have a Republican majority, but if enough Democrats vote for it, enough Republicans vote for it, then it, it'll it pass, yeah. you know what I mean? Um, because the Democrats aren't going to stand on principle and demand something fully inclusive, especially mm-hmm. not now.
1: Now, you were talking about, when, when you started talking about the human rights campaign, I thought you were talking just about the uh, hate crimes uh, legislation. What else has the human, HRC done that has been... Uh, let's say, not so friendly towards transgender people.
2: Well, now bear in mind, this is historically in the past. The big fight was back in 2004 and and previously since really from 1995 when it was introduced, the big fight was over ENDA, the Employment Non-Discrimination Act, Uh which HRC had been supporting in a non-inclusive version For years, and this was something that had come within a couple of votes of passing. Supporting
1: for gay people, but not transgender people.
2: Yes, exactly, exactly. And that's basically what they were saying was at the time, HRC was claiming to be trans-inclusive and trans-supportive, but yet they were still supporting the non-inclusive version of the hate crimes bill and ENDA. So that was basically the motivation for the transgender community, um, all going down to D.C. and protesting. And, you know, it wasn't a lot of us who went down, I'll be honest with you. We're only maybe about, at our most, I think we had maybe 35 people uh-huh. out in front of the human rights campaign. And that was with everybody who was local in the area who joined us. We had um, all kinds of uh, interesting people showed up. Um, the Pride at Work was there. You know, people came. You know, there was only about, I guess, around 15 of us that actually traveled to D.C. to do this thing. But with all the people that showed up and joined us, we had a much larger group. And it was really quite quite exciting, you know, quite exciting to, to get a chance to witness that. I, I was so glad that I was there and that I went and, uh, you know, it was just nice to see. It was kind of cool to be a witness to history, I guess.
1: It's it's definitely one of the, you know, textbook examples of where, you know, the, the, the gay community uses the term uh, GLBT or LGBT, and the T tends to be, you know, nothing but lip service. So you know, and I can t- I can take that even to a, a social level. You know, when I go out to a gay bar, maybe not as much now as uh, when I you know when I first transitioned. You know, I would get stared at, and uh, guys would talk amongst themselves and go, "Is that a guy or a girl?" And <laughs> and you know, people come up to me, and go, "Oh, I see you're doing drag." I'm like honey I I, <laughs> I I i'd have to put a hell of a lot more work into it if i was doing drag come on now you know so <laughs> you know and i've talked about this on my show before i believe there are a lot of uh transgender friendly uh, and accepting people in the in the gay community but i would i would contend that there's a lot of education that still needs to be done i i wouldn't uh, just write, you know, write, write it off as all transphobia. Cause, uh, you know, I talk to a, a lot of gay people, especially, you know, within my, uh, 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 the, you know, affiliations with, uh, Q Potter, which is an absolutely, uh, wonderful community that's, uh, developed within, uh, podcasting. Uh, there's a lot, lot of open ears let's put it this way and a lot of people that want to learn about transgender issues and, and are willing and i think there's a lot you know of work that needs to be done there as well
2: you know i'll tell you one of the things that's so exciting for me because you mentioned i'm doing these podcasts now and one of the things that's so exciting for me is i'm i'm checking and and unlike the kind of radio that we that we do um you know, that many of us do the live radio shows and that sort of thing. Um, those are very difficult to track, you know, really how many people are listening. Oh, or, and, you and know. by
1: the way, for, for our audience, too, you want to tell our audience how to find your live
2: radio show? Oh, sure. Yes, absolutely. Our live show is on the Trans FM radio network. It's on, we're on Thursdays and that's, uh, 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern, 4 to 7 p.m. Pacific. Um, that's every Thursday night. We're live, and we do rebroadcast on Trans FM throughout the week, so you can check the schedule there. We are on a bunch of times, all at different times of the day, so you can please check us out. The yeah, podcast. I'll, I'll
1: put the schedule in the show notes as well.
2: Oh, excellent! Thank the, you
1: for the live three sixty five uh, link.
2: But getting back to what I was saying, the, um, the thing that I, the, the thing that I love about the podcasting is that you know you can go and you can you know really go i've been doing a lot of free form, whereas the live radio show is very structured this is kind of a lot more freeform i'm able to explore things i'm able to experiment a little bit more and i'm having a lot of fun with it i've been trying different styles and it's it's i find it it's it's kind of have you masturbated the- on your show yet Uh no, my name is not Marty Abernathy, so I don't do that. You see, but no, no, no. I have actually heard Marty. Don't forget, I worked with this woman. Mm -hmm. Don't forget that I worked. I did a show with this woman. Mm -hmm. Okay, I know details about Marty Abernathy that not even most of her listeners know. So, and and that's saying something considering how open she is.
1: I'm gonna have to bring you back on the show.
2: The dirt. I'm Marty. Uh, the dirt on Marty tonight on Chatty Rec. Nice.
1: <laughs> we'll call it the porn episode.
2: Oh, that's okay. She was just on my show and I and we verbally beat the shit out of each other. We that's what we do. That's what Marty and I do. That's the kind of show we do. It's the kind of show we did back in two thousand and two. Mm-hmm. It's what we do. It's all in fun and we all we both have a good great time doing it, so why not?
1: Was there was there anything uh, else you wanted to say to uh, our listeners Becky uh, well i
2: just all i wanted to say was i hope they'll check out my podcast cuz i'm loving doing this it's mm-hmm. it's an experiment for me i i see by the numbers that people are listening and that's very exciting for me mm-hmm. uh, and i just hope that people continue to support this kind of media and you know write to us the content creators and let us know how we're doing you know well, and uh, help uh, help us do Help us make a better product. Well, and and
1: we've got a fight ahead of us because uh, the big, you know, the Senate, from what I hear, uh, has some legislation that is going to try and restrict what we're doing. uh, As far as uh, uh, making the internet accessible to the to uh, average, uh, as far as creating content, it's going to be a lot more difficult for people like you and I. To uh, create content and inform the public as to what's going on, and so we got to fight that. I mean, because what's Absolutely. happening with the uh, big, with the the mainstream media is our country is uh, turning into a fascist state, and it's happening yes. right before our eyes. And the only thing that we've got to fight that is the internet and uh, podcasting and blogging those are the biggest threats to this fascist movement that's happening around us and we got to put a stop to that bullshit and it's not just bush bush is a puppet he's a pretty dumb fucking puppet but uh, you know he's in there he's dangerous and but you know even when he's gone uh we've got a fight ahead of us and uh I'm glad to have uh, you on the air uh, fighting the good fight. And Thanks. I appreciate everything that you do, and I know our listeners feel the same way.
2: Aw, thank you, honey.
1: And uh, now, uh, if there's, do you have anything else you want to say?
2: No, I'm good. I had a great time. Thanks well, for having me on.
1: Uh, thank you, uh, Becky. And uh, let's uh, go ahead and uh, have this uh, little uh, fuck job uh, again sometime. Thanks again to uh, Rebecca Juro for uh, being a media whore for me for this episode. Um, during the interview you heard her mention um, TransFM, Trans FM which she was a co-host on for a while. Well, Trans FM did start actually as a internet radio show that was uh, streamed I believe on Live 365. What it has now uh, developed into is a network of uh, transgender radio shows, or basically shows that are done by transgender people, but aren't necessarily always about transgender topics. Uh, you know, my show is has uh, some comedy infused and an audio blog. There's a few, basically what I have done uh, throughout uh, Tranny Rick, Uh, in past episodes of Tranny Rec is uh, interviewed different uh, hosts of the different TransFM shows, not only to get their personal story, but also to promote their show and just support this wonderful community that uh, is building and has developed. And uh, now the community is... uh, basically run and administered by Ethan St. Pierre who is a Activist living in the Boston area. I actually interviewed him in uh, Tranny Rex 17 where he uh, told his very compelling story about the Murder the hateful murder of his aunt who identified as a trans woman now Ethan basically made a decision uh, about a week, a little over a week ago, to pull the Talking Tranny show from the Trans FM network. The reason he basically removed the show is because she, on multiple occasions, criticized uh, other shows that are listed on the Trans FM network. And uh, he did warn her and told her not to do this. And, well, in one of her most recent shows, she criticized the show uh, Radio Orange Curtain and basically said she didn't get it, that it was an awful show. So, and as a result, her show, The Talking Tranny Show, is no longer listed on TransFM. I did get a voicemail from Susan explaining her side of the story, and I'll play that now.
3: Hi, Becky. This is Susan. Or I should say, hi, Trainee Rec listeners. Uh, this is Susan from the Talking Trainee Show. As uh, you know, you mentioned last week my show was pulled from Trans FM, but you know, it's it's uh it's because of some controversy. You know, I I have a tendency to harshly review. Uh, Uh, Things and again, I gave a really harsh review, uh, knowing full well it'd have a negative impact or whatever. But you know, this is really kind of like, kind of like your whole Madge Weinstein um, slash Alex thing, whatever that you were talking about um, a couple of shows ago, um, where uh, Madge, you know, Madge toned herself down and started censoring herself uh, to avoid, you know, ruffling any more feathers, except. I just decided um not to ruffle any uh yeah I mean I decided not to uh, hold back or whatever, so you know it's it's actually not that really that big a deal because I actually got more people clicking from your show uh linking from i mean more people came f- to my show from who came who came from the train uh, rec website than came from the Trans.fm website, and you know really, I just wish uh transfm all the luck and everything it's just my show is better uncensored, and because it's mostly an opinion show, what would it be without me giving my honest opinion? So um, I wish you all the best of luck, and uh, Training Wreck is an awesome show, and, tra- and uh, TransSystem is totally lucky to have it.
1: Thank you, Susan, for this voicemail. Okay, I want to make something abundantly clear. I do not agree with the way Susan criticizes other shows on her show. I think it's not really the best taste Uh, to just out and start saying that other shows suck, especially when you're talking about shows that are on a network that you are affiliated with. However, I do believe that she should have the right to say whatever the hell she wants. And, you know, she does. She can say whatever she wants. It's a podcast. There are really no FCC laws regulating podcasts. Which is one of the reasons why I love the internet internet and the internet radio, and uh, with that said, Ethan does have the right to remove her show from trans f m because he administers it. However, I don't really agree with that decision because it is censorship because you are taking that action based on the content and what was said on a show now. Am I going to uh, censor myself knowing that there are rules on TransFM? And the answer to that is fuck no. If I do ever say anything that gets myself removed off of TransFM, then so be it. I will be sad. TransFM is something that is very special to me, and it always will be. So, you know, that's basically my two cents on that. I do think that. Trans FM is awesome. I do, uh, I am a fan of Susan's show because she is not bashful about stating her opinion, which I don't always agree with. But that's what I love about this medium and uh, the whole movement behind uh, not only podcasting, but podcasting done from a transgender perspective. Uh, And I'm going to close with that. I want to thank all of you for listening. I want to thank Madge Weinstein for the opportunity to fill her bloat on Adam Curry's pod show here on Sirius Stars 102. For those of you on Sirius, I really enjoyed the one-night stand,
0: and I hope we can do it again sometime soon. Bye, everybody.